0: Have you gotten any record deal offers today, Jen? Oh my god! I was like this morning. I was like, oh my god, that's literally in there. <laughs> no one knows it's me. It's fine. Yeah, it's
1: fine. I'm sure nobody knows it's you. Sorry. I can't it's You,
0: you can't Tav. No, you can't.
2: It's a mystery to <laughs> no all. No one of. knows it's me. No one knows it's her. Hello and welcome to table for five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation.
1: Thank you for taking a seat at the table. Seated tonight, I have Kimberly McIsaac. Hello. Kevin the Cabrera. Hello. Jamie Ramos. Hello. Jen Den? Hello. And I'm Rachel Flanagan. Um, Tonight, folks, we're finishing up our All About Autism series. And this episode is our No Reservation episode. And we are discussing our uh, community divided. The autism community is so complicated. And before we go into any of this, I just want to share that me and the ladies are not trying to pick battles uh, with our listeners. We are not trying to ruffle feathers. We are. Just trying to call a spade a spade. There are so many things that divide our community, whether it's opinions about therapeutics or opinions about language or how you should support and advocate. There are just so many different areas that you either fall on the left or the right of all these things. And our goal in our podcast in general is to get together as five different points of view and advocate about what autism looks like in our life, what our life looks like with autism in it. And I think that we've already talked a lot about some of these issues, but it's just time. It's time for us to really put down the filters as we do on No Reservations and talk about
3: it. Tabs, do you want to get us started? Yeah, so I just within the last week, I think actually came across a Facebook memory of myself, and in 2020, my son was diagnosed in January. In April, I was home with my kids because of the pandemic, and everything kind of paused. And most of the pandemic, I was down in court, but for the first couple months, everything was closed, or I was home. And so, since I didn't have to go to court, I colored my hair blue in the month of April. Yeah, um, and I came across the memory of me with blue hair because I was like. I don't normally get to do that. I'm in a, you know, I have to be in front of judges. I mean, I guess I could, but (laughs) because I went back to court six months later with blue (laughs) hair because we were in a pandemic, people. (laughs) But (laughs) I was thinking about that because at that time, I knew nothing about this community's um, preferences, different sides, whatever side you land on. I knew nothing about um, people's feelings about Autism Speaks. And the connection with blue and lighted up blue in April. I was just excited to kind of embrace this. My son- kids, yeah, my son's diagnosis, and I was like, "How amazing that they're doing some advocacy in the month of April!" Like we hadn't dove too deep into you know Facebook pages or groups, or you know, we were just starting down that path of like meeting people and understanding more. I had no idea. Tabs, oh. I'm sorry to cut
1: you off, but it just to, for anybody that's listening. Blue is a color in common with a lot of advocacy for autism. And that choice was so that you could just stand proud in your son's diagnosis. But in looking back two years later, you're thinking like, man, is blue the place I stand?
3: Yeah. Yes or no? Yes. And, you know, there's lots of different ways that people visually support autism. There's the puzzle piece. There's the infinity symbol. There's rainbows. There's blue. There's you know a variety of things that people like to wear. You know, I had uh, people send me puzzle piece clothing after my kiddos were diagnosed. Just family members and things like that. Again, something I didn't um, really know anything about or the controversy around it. And in my time, this two years down the track now that we are, I have learned so much about the language. But I think a lot of times it comes at you full force and you don't understand anything and you're processing a diagnosis. And, you know, I think there can be like you say things in a way that isn't necessarily the right terminology or the right way to say things because you don't know any different, you know, and it, and it's hard to like want to embrace your, your children in that way and feel like you are. And then, you know, have and it then feel like you're doing it wrong, doing Yeah, feel like you're doing it wrong, even though you have no frame of reference, to understand why people have a preference for certain things. So, I mean, it still makes me smile that I did that in general, yeah. because I just at that point in my life, I was like, we're in a pandemic, I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> you know, and I like that time frame because I we, my son was freshly diagnosed, and they I was like going standing in it. it. I was standing in it and I was going through so much emotions, like just walking in a fog for a couple months, you know, so many things. But in that moment, I was like, I don't care what people think about this. And I'm going to like shout it from the rooftops that this is who we are and this is who our family is and this is who my son is. And, you know, I like seeing photos from that time, even if it happened to be because my hair was blue. You know,
1: I can remember after Celie was diagnosed and we were trying to figure out what advocacy looked like in our lane in Flannaville. And I can remember talking to Kim about it. And Kimmy, I connected with you because I was all twisted up about whether we should or whether we shouldn't. And I think it was even like a puzzle piece on... I'll plan a bill shirt, like whether I should lean in or shouldn't. And you changed my perspective a great deal. At that time, I was so concerned about whether or not people would understand that we were about autism without it. But then puzzle pieces have such complicated connection to our community because it looks like a piece is missing to some. It looks like autism speaks and they stand to cure people or did at one point, you know, it's just, complicated so anyways I called my trusty veteran
4: yeah so like I have a very different perspective obviously than a lot of people because of my timeline I came from a time when my child was diagnosed that when I say people didn't know what autism was like people literally did not know like never heard of it had no idea what it was services were far and few in between Uh, I mean we were personally lucky with school system and we went into boston children's hospital had we not i feel like it would have been a different experience because people didn't have a pediatrician didn't have knowledge about autism like so when we went somewhere and she was freaking out on the store going absolutely insane and people were staring at me and i was like oh i'm sorry she has autism they were like they didn't know like they didn't know it meant nothing to them they did not know what it meant at all there was no you know there was no programs there was no sports there was no adaptive dance classes there was none of these programs there was no sensory hours none of this stuff like autism basically really wasn't acknowledged unless like you personally had that experience in your life so as we went on into our journey and i want to say Alyssa was around eight or nine we did the autism walk for autism speaks yep A lot of people don't like it. And I think that Autism Speaks was, you know, and I'm not for or against them. Like, I don't have a problem with them. I'm not fighting for them, but I'm also not against them. But they also didn't know. They were mostly banded of parents and grandparents. And there was this this explosion of uh, autism diagnoses. And now people are starting to hear of it because there were so many children now being diagnosed. And there was a lot of confusion about that. And, you know, certain words were used you know cure people want to find a cure for autism Mm -hmm. it's not that it was something new but it was not something that people were just hearing about it so of course they're like what you know what is this thing that's happening where kids are developing normally in lots of ways though
1: when there's a problem you solve it and so to the general
4: public i mean if you have a disorder you cure it so like now I would never use that language. I would Mm-mm. never, I, there's no cure for autism. Like it's not something to be cured. It's something that can be helped. It's something that progress can be made and skills can be gained. Some people make huge leaps and bounds. You know, it's, it's different for everybody. But uh, back then, yeah. If, if someone was like, we need a cure for autism. I was like, yeah, we do. You know, I'll walk for that. Who, what? <laughs> yeah. Like my daughter couldn't talk, couldn't communicate. Was hurting herself, like, of course, I don't want to see that. You know, of course, if there was a way to make that better, I would want that. You know, cure obviously isn't the right terminology to use. And they don't use that anymore. Autism Speak doesn't use that anymore. Their whole motto is completely different now. And then they came, I don't know who came up, the puzzle piece came from different origins, but then the puzzle piece was now used to recognize autism. Mm -hmm. Something that nobody knew about now had its own symbol. And then they gave it the color. So then it went from blue and first it was like more local stuff. And then it it started spreading more to having its own month. So I couldn't be happier about Autism Awareness Month. And I don't care about awareness. Awareness is fine. I don't even need it to be acceptance because I came from a time when awareness wasn't even a thing. Nobody knew about autism. Now it's got its own month. It's got its own symbol. And to me, it just happened to be that Alyssa loved puzzles. It was just like something that she was really, really good at from like the get-go. It was just like one of her strengths. So to us, we're like, well, this is cool. It's a puzzle piece, which is like Alyssa's thing. And it's not because, well, although autism is a puzzle, why does it vary so much? Why does this happen at one time, but not another time? There's so many things that still we don't know, we don't understand about autism. I mean, we're learning and research is growing and growing, but it was more like until all the pieces fit, meaning until you can figure out how to help your child, not change them, not fix them, Until you can, you know, and it was just kind of this way of parents, you know, kind of banding together and recognizing there's more kids and more people in the community. I felt so alone and isolated. We knew nobody that had a child. I mean nobody that had a child with autism. It was like almost unheard of. And to me it was like so strange. It was like she had this thing. We knew nobody else, not a friend, not a neighbor, not a cousin. Like nobody, it was just a very different time. So mm-hmm. I was so happy that it was finally getting recognition. It had had its own month, had its own color, had its own symbol. I mean, they lighted up blue across the world for autism, the whole world. Like that's Tower freaking amazing. Like, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's just amazing when you come from a time when nobody even like heard of the word to that. It's crazy. And then skip to like we settled into autism. There wasn't all this online stuff. Four kids, lots of stuff going on. And then I stopped searching when Alyssa was transitioned into adult services. And then I go online and I see all this stuff and all these people's opinions about like, they don't like the puzzle piece and they don't like this and they don't like blue. And I'm like, you people have no idea. You have no idea what it was like to have no recognition, no help, no understanding, no compassion because people just had no clue. Like these kids... It was like they were hidden under a rock. And then they started to come up with programs and you can say what you want about Autism Speaks. You can like them or hate them, but they really put autism on the map. They truly did. And a lot of people think they're a hate group and there's lots of reasons for that. And And that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but when it comes down to it, it's, that's your opinion. To that's me, the thing that's so perplexing
1: about dropping into this community is that I've long been a part of things where everybody in this industry does something different or everybody, you know, there's lots of different ways to do the same thing. mm -hmm. There's lots of different ways to like, navigate certain challenges. But in this community, it's so polarized. And then it's so controversial, where you can't even have your darn opinion without somebody coming towards you. Well, I
4: remember, I was on a Different. Some kind of like online group, and um, somebody was saying something about an autism mom, and someone was like, "You're not." I mean, they attacked this lady, they, and I was like, "What? What do they mean? She's on She is an autism mom. <laughs> like what? Like what are they saying? Like I say that all the time. think it's just a way." To that's a way for me to identify with other people who are going through what I go through. Just like I'm a dance mom, just like I at one time was a chair mom, I was a you know wrestling mom, and I'm an autism mom. That also causes controversy because some people they don't like for you to call yourself If me you're not stuff, autistic, you're like, an autism mom. But for those folks, in my sense, my opinion doesn't make sense because also people like you to say autistic and not my child has autism. I say both. I always have. I've always said both. Like it's just whatever one flows out of my mouth. Autistic just doesn't seem to flow as well. So some reason it's almost like (laughs) on the podcast, Jamie. But it's like when you're talking, then it's like now you're it's like you're constantly like oh no I can't say it, so I gotta say this and like then I'm stuttering and I'm tongue-tied and I look like an idiot because I don't even know like what words I can and can't use without offending anybody which is zero words I just feel like you gotta do what works for you if, if you want to support the puzzle piece then you support the puzzle piece if you want to support the infinity symbol then that you know or something else I think everybody should do what is right for them and respect other people may not have that opinion for themselves so if they have a different opinion for themselves I feel like If you prefer to be called autistic, that's what I would, how I would refer. If someone doesn't like that, then you would refer to the other way. Like, I don't really see why it has to be this huge fight. Meanwhile, like kids, there's wait lists. Kids can't get services. There are states that don't even have the right laws still there's no services for adults they just it's like they drop off into nowhere when they turn 22 like autism vanishes like there's all these real problems that we should be fighting fighting about well fighting you know, together we we'll right? call you like
1: yeah Unify. I, I feel like if we all had a unified fight jen what do you think about it what's your biggest frustration in this so i like
0: community? tabitha i kind of chuckled because you know facebook memories yeah. Bring great memories and sometimes harder ones. Uh, this month, all this month from four, five, six, seven years ago, I had the blue nails, I had the puzzle piece earrings, I had the puzzle piece necklace, I was decked out, had, I had blue eyeshadow. I looked like Mrs. Frickin' Roper. Okay, I was like, who let me leave the house looking <laughs> like that? First of all, who let me leave the what house? What year was this? What, what year? year this? And, and I did, and Kimmy, like you, when I walked into this autism life. I, I only knew autism speaks and I know there's a lot of controversy, but I was just like, I'm just glad someone's talking about autism. I didn't get caught up in the whole, you know, this versus that, you know, like you were saying, does she have autism or is she autistic? They don't like it to be referred to as a disorder, but in the medical dictionary, it is a neurological disorder. I mean, I don't want to waste time on labels. I want to get my kids some help. And I do choose my words carefully when I write, because I would certainly never want to offend an autistic adult by any means. Yeah. But it's like, that's just not the fight I want to be in. You know, I have other things to worry about. She has autism and she is autistic. So to me, it's like, like you can be whichever, yeah, like whatever flows out that day. It's kind of where I'm at. I don't wear the puzzle piece anymore, not because I'm dead against it. I just don't need it all over my body. (laughs) I need to blink at it when I I walk by people, Um, but I proudly talk about autism and I proudly talk about my daughter and I share our life. And I think if you want to wear a puzzle piece and that makes you happy, then wear the damn puzzle piece. You know, it brought me a lot of comfort in the beginning. I felt very proud in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just shifted for me over the years. That's all. It's just shifted. What about you,
2: Jane? I think overall for me, like the issue was the divide. And I think how Kimmy and Rach, you both were kind of saying this, like the source of it is the fact that no one really understands autism. Like there's, we don't really have like a reason for autism, or this is the exact reason my child's autistic or this or that. So I think that confusion alone adds to this divide because people are arguing about something that they don't know the basis of. I think that's what I saw. I think the saddest part for me, just like Jen and Tabs, like coming into this community and immediately seeing that divide or seeing moms attacked online because like we've all talked about after well, most of us, I believe after we went through diagnosis, we were recommended to do ABA by the professionals. So you just go in like, okay. And so you might hop on an online form. You say, hey, my doctor recommended ABA. What's the process of that? And then you're immediately attacked by possibly autistic individuals or parents of autistic individuals. And you're like, whoa, I just came into this world. And it's cool. just like such a sad way to enter a community, like off the bat. You see that happen with so many moms. We are lucky to found a group that's really accepting of whatever people want to do kind of a thing, as long as it's safe and healthy for our children. But so many come over to us and they're like, man, I just wrote this in this group and I was immediately attacked and it makes me so sad. And I think- You know, when we were on with Extra Healthy Moms, we got off that interview and we had like this really long conversation about the clear difference in the communities of the Mm -hmm. Down syndrome community and the autism community. How like we kept asking them what to say because we were so afraid of what to say because Mm -hmm. we're afraid to say things like we're always correcting ourselves. If one of us says, has autism, then the next person's going to say autistic just in case or just earlier this month was World Autism Day, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people are calling it this year. I hadn't heard that before. Had you guys heard it called World Autism Day? It was Autism Awareness Day. Awareness Day. And then last year was the big Autism Acceptance Day. Yeah. Was the big thing. And it's like, if you say awareness, you might get in trouble by someone. If you say acceptance, you might get in trouble by someone. So I kind of like that it got to (laughs) World Autism Day, but it just made me so sad. Like, it's just it's not a safe place and whether you're autistic individual or whether you're a parent or a caregiver or related or best friends to an autistic individual you want that community you want to Mm -hmm. find people who understand who can help who can build each other up and it just broke my heart coming into this community that that's not what you find at all.
1: I think it crosses into so many lanes, Jane, too. Like, as you're saying, it's parents against parents. Frankly, I've been in a school versus ABA battle, I've been in a social worker suggesting that it's family therapy would be the answer. And then you get to the therapy place and they say, this is what your kid needs. And that you know, I mean everybody, gosh, it's like so pounce. You're either fed down this one lane by the people that you ask, you have to ask it the right way. You have to phrase it the right way. You have to answer their 13,406 questions the right damn way. Then You have to re-answer those questions. Like you, I mean, everybody. It's just so much. I feel strongly that the best way that I can describe our conundrum to folks outside of our community is the Victoria's Secret bra thing. You guys, you know, when like, you go into Victoria's Secret and you get a fitting, and then they say you're a 38D even if you wear like a 44G because (laughs) that's the that's the best size that they have to. The size that they get. They aren't there for supporting you. They're there to sell you. The best of what they have for what they can give you, right? Or the best thing that'll land, kind of hold them up, kind of support them as coach. So that means if you're in the mall of autism and you walk into the ABA store, they're going to be like, yeah, ABA and this is how much. But if you walk into the speech and OT store, they're going to say yes and how much. And if you walk into the public school store, they are going to say, sure thing, here's your path. And you don't even know that there's other stores once you've gotten in there because you're on that damn track. I mean, it's just so difficult when nobody seems like they're looking out for you, your family or your your kid in general. They're just trying to put you in that 36D. It pisses me off. And then everybody fights from store to store. I've always said,
0: you know, I joke, we got in before the boom, you know, (laughs) at 2012 and she was diagnosed. Autism is a money making machine. And if you come into this and you don't know what you're doing with which most people don't. You don't because you have to learn it. You, you don't know and you have to learn it. And Kai's dad and I used to fight about these therapies. I was literally just bleeding money in the beginning to put her in these therapies. But for the record, none of them helped. I got billed for therapies and therapists my daughter never saw. It is literally a money-making business. And it's exactly what you said, Rachel. They're going to try to get you in that bra because they're going to want that money. And I think if anyone can take anything away from this, it's to do your research, do your research on these companies, because they just want your money. They're not there to help you. The thing
1: is, is like autism is such a spectrum. We talk about this all the time. There's all these different points and markers, and that makes it really complicated because that makes Celie different than Jesse, who is different than, you know, any of our kids at this table, right? I'm sorry, at the kids' table, which is super colorful, cute and filled with slime, I'm sure. (laughs) Our kids' table. I feel like that means it's appropriate to me to think that there would be lots of different ways to serve this community. The problem is there is no broker for what's best. So you end up Googling something. You end up finding that place. you, You call 13 of them. You get on a wait list at 10. Then you wait forever with your eggs in some damn basket. You stop searching because you think you're in the lane you're supposed to be in. My advice is to keep searching. Like the Flannerville crew is on so many wait lists right now. I could not list them. I don't have a notebook. It's just that sometimes somebody calls and says you're at the top of our list. Then I have to interview them. Oh, what did we sign up for? Oh, whatever. Like let it roll in. But you do that while you also do Kim's puzzle, the acorn puzzle at home. You get down on the floor, you find yourself in a cupboard in the kitchen, like tabs with Nora, you put a (laughs) swing in your living room instead of a really cute furry ottoman, like Jen would prefer you (laughs) live in your parents' basement. You do the thing. You just do every single thing, whether that's like, Jess goes to public school, trying to work his way through. He goes to ABA after sometimes at home, sometimes in the center. You just got to do it all until you can help. Sorry for. Oh, no,
3: that's good. Well, and I would say that I live in a world of language, right? My profession is all about words and language and how you use them and where you use them and what's appropriate to use them, right? And we live in a world of silos where the doctor uses it as a disability and a neurological disorder. ABA wants to treat the behaviors and and do the skills. OT wants to think about the physical nature. Speech is working on language. And, you know, if you see a psychiatrist, they're dealing with medication along with your pediatrician and your developmental pediatrician and the school system. It's like for us as parents, we are literally learning 18 jobs Mm -hmm. where one person that's their main focus. You went to school to be an occupational therapist and you're narrowed in on occupational therapy. I have to sit down and learn everyone's mm-hmm. job. So I can decide, is it appropriate for my kid to have speech therapy? Is it appropriate? And Have you ever
1: had an occupational therapist say, Oh, and actually you don't have to do that." like everybody thinks that they're the hot dog. Oh yeah, and the highest priority. The Except
0: me, I got lucky. I the best SLP and the best occupational therapist who looked so you can get I wanna I just wanna pivot to this. There are good therapists out there. Oh I, I love do it. not yeah. believe my daughter would be speaking at the level she is if it was not for Jackie, who literally was not the therapist out there to gouge me. She just wanted to help my child. It's her passion in life. And then we we got Chelsea, her occupational therapist, who led us to the feeding clinic, who helped guide me through this chaos of I didn't know what I was doing and I was drowning. So there are good therapists out there, but it they're far and few between, well, and have, nobody talks. I don't mean by the way, anybody's I,
1: bad. I just mean. That, oh, there are some bad ones, absolutely. But there are what some I'm trying ones. to say is that speech is the most important to the speech therapist because that's their focus balancing is yeah. the most is the highest priority for
3: an ot academics is highest priority for her for education. her whatever yeah. educational yeah, education. yeah. but uh, what i was going to say about language is that in each one of those buckets in uh, occupational therapy in school in whatever else doctor's appointments the language is not the same Correct. so disability versus Autistic versus has autism, neurological disorder, any of those things do not cross over into those buckets. So not only are we as parents learning 18 jobs to understand what the people do, but we also have to learn the language of the forms, what people are saying about our kids, how they're writing about it, what that means. I can read forms all day long, but some of my most challenging moments have been trying to understand, am I making the right choice for my kid to progress and learn the skills that they need to learn to live not only a productive life, which everyone hopes for their children, but a safe life. And to go out into the world and be safe. And we have to choose that weight of those choices are put on us as parents, which is why we have we to like learn this. Well, we have to learn all of these avenues and we have to learn all of the language and we use all of the language because if I walk into an office and I say my kid is autistic and the person behind the window does not understand what that terminology means versus has autism versus this is a disability. Versus
1: nonverbal versus any of it. Mm
3: Non-speaking. I have to preach to the person that's sitting in front of me who understands the language that I'm using. And I would never want to hurt someone and make them feel like I'm not honoring them as a person by using the incorrect language for them in the community as a whole. We pluck and pick the language that people understand as the general
4: population. Yes. That's just so what you, it and is. what makes sense for our child, our individual child. The other issue that I see a lot is there's a shift with some advocates where they want autism to be just autism. Mm-hmm. Not there's, you know, anxieties over here, OCDs over there, ADHDs under here, intellectual disabilities up here, apraxies over there, where yes, they're separate, but they're also, they're like a package deal. And the danger with that is people don't want autism considered a disability. My daughter's autism is a disability through and through. I mean, she's dependent on us. She's 25 years old. She's nonverbal or, you know, non-speaking, if that's the term you prefer. She is disabled. I don't necessarily like to shout that out, you know, um, but that's what it is. So when you start taking the disability away from the autism, The autism alone is going to lose services. It's going to lose funding. And you better bet your ass the second insurance companies can get away with not paying for stuff for our children, they're going to do it. The amount of money that is spent on ABA, speech therapy, with the school systems payout, if these people could get away with not paying, they will do it. So it's when you're trying to perceive it in one way, and maybe for you, it's not a disability. Maybe- you don't feel that it's a disability for you and that's fine but you can't speak for the whole autistic population you can only the speak whole for, spectrum. for right. yourself okay. you can't speak for our children you know so I think that's a part of the problem and I don't think people really realize that because people want to be supportive and let me just clarify this it is not all autistic adults There are many autistic adults that do not feel this way and do not have these opinions, and there are some that are, and that's fine. They're totally entitled to their opinions on what affects them in their life. But you can't. Well, the same with parents.
3: It's the same with the parents community, right? People live land on different sides of the fence, Mm -hmm. right? Some people are on this side, some people are on the other side. The main thing is like let's try and come together and understand that everyone's coming from their own view and perspective of their house and their life or their journey as an autistic person or their relationship to autism, whether it be grandpa, grandma, aunt, uncle, whatever the picture may look like, everyone comes with their own lens and perspective. And we should honor that other people want for themselves and for their family.
2: Once again, like, how it used to be the cure. The cure was an answer. I feel like in kind of a way we're getting back to that where people are trying to make autism a singular thing that an autistic individual can speak for all autistic people. That's not Mm -hmm. true. You can't speak for Alyssa just because you're the same age as her and you have the same diagnosis as her. She's a different person and her autism affects her in different ways and it affects her co diagnoses in a different way as well. So it's like, you can't do that. And I just want to say one thing about the disabled thing. And I can get that perspective. I have a reading disability. I don't go around saying I'm disabled. And I get why, because of like, what comes to people's mind when they hear the word disability. Stig- or dist- stigma,
3: stigma the around it,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear that about themselves or they're defensive about that. But, you know, you think about someone in a wheelchair. They might just not have the use of their legs, but they have a disability in that because the rest of our world is not made to help them. So like when you put ramps in for them and when you make lower countertops for them at a restaurant or wherever they're going, all of a sudden that disability is gone because they're able. And so we have to say disability for our children so that the resources are there, so that the medical insurance is there, all these things, it's to give them the ability to be able in our world, like for Alyssa. And
1: until there is quiet music and (laughs) not buzzing lights and a quiet space in every department store where our kids can be regulated, it will continue to be a
4: disability. Yes. And I want to clarify also, like I have a lot of autistic people that follow Alyssa's page. And um, they're very supportive. They message, they comment very nice, sweet things about Alyssa. They message me advice, uh, sometimes questions, you know, so there's great, great advocates that are autistic or whatever their preferences. It's not everybody. It's just certain people. They just have tunnel vision and this is just the way they think it should be. It's like forcing a puzzle piece in, like you can't do it. You can't make it Universal. It's, There's no way to do that without, you know, really diminishing the struggles that everybody has. Yeah. That, well, and I don't,
2: some have. Yeah. Everyone's an individual. And I think we each have people on our page. Like I have a guy that, yeah. I am so grateful for autistic adults. Me too. Blah. Amen to them. There's yes. a guy that comments on myself all the time. And he's, he's said things to me like, oh, this this probably helps him with that. That's probably why it is. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I'm not saying Jesse's the exact same as that guy, but -hmm. it gives me an idea into Jesse's brain, which I am so grateful for.
3: I have learned the most from autistic adults about my children's view of the world and how they function period. That's it. And I don't think we're saying like, it's autistic adults versus parents. I think it's every avenue that we land in, whether it be professionals or adults Parents who are in our community or adult autistics, whatever the case may be, there's a divide in our community as far as like having an open discussion about which side of the fence you land on and you can have different perspectives about which feels right to you. And honor the other person sitting across from you that they also have different opinions and views without it being like a negative thing for our community. Because if we can have open discussions, then you can help me understand where you're coming from if I don't already, you
0: know, if I yeah. can't already. I think the biggest hot button is ABA. Like we mm-hmm. can all agree on that. People have fierce, fierce feelings about it. But then that just goes to the experience your child had or you had when your child was in there it doesn't mean that that's it you know it could be earth-shattering for someone in a bad way and life-changing for another kid right so it's like you said Tabitha if we can just all get at the same the table, other thing that have that's a conversation. true is I know a person
1: whose daughter went to ABA once and it wasn't awesome and then I know that same person took her daughter back to a feeding clinic ABA space center and it saved her life. And then it wasn't a good fit. And then it's back to a good fit. I mean, the thing of it, that's Jen done by the way, who's not interested. <laughs> Dunn, who's not interested. <laughs> um, but, you know, the thing of it is, is our kids, I say the word constellation all the time. Everybody is different. Everybody comes with their own bag. But with that, that bag changes, man. If I know one thing about autism, it is that it's going to look different next Tuesday. And yes. even if it's going to be rigid, it's my daughter is so rigid that does not mean I have the same Groundhog Day experience. That just means that today it's pants, tomorrow it's socks. Like it's always something that's consistent. <laughs> but yeah. The thing is, is that when Celia is four, she is wildly different than when she's six. There's different expectations put on her by the time she's nine, Mm -hmm. that whether or not she is different, the expectation is different. So that means she is different within the expectation. Like, so your approach needs to be different. Sometimes you need to circle back to a medication that didn't work when she was five, because now she's 14. There's all of this cycling because there's only so many available options at that time because of wait lists, because of the money machine, because of accessibility because of the silos. Like you don't even know that this whole other lane is existing until you find out about it. Then you circle in and you like try and figure out if that's a good fit. Meanwhile, your kid changes and you have to go back. There's so much changing that to make generalizations would be for those that don't understand a lot, like saying, I will never wear bell bottoms. And then you don't, but next time they come back around you're like, hell yeah, because I got a front butt like a mom and um, I like to cover the front of my shoes. And
2: <laughs> I, said, I swore on my life that I would never wear high-waisted mom jeans. You know and what? guess what? They hold that crap in. They hold that crap in. <laughs> I need to get a pair of those, Jim. I need to get we'll a pair of those. you to buy
1: them. <laughs> Me too. But listen, here's the thing. Like, that's just the same. It's the same. Your needs change what's available changes, what's accessible changes, what the hell you're looking you at. What- change. You, you change. You change as a yes. person. Yeah. Then uh-huh. let's, let's take ABA because I'm willing to go there. My name I is want Rachel again You can come for me. I really don't care. Okay. ABA is going to keep my daughter out of a pond. That's how I feel. We're going to learn some skills there. So for me, I feel like I can speak to the facts that we as writers on our own pages and community member of Coop's Troop and Jen's page and all these others, I can tell you that I know living in Woodbury, Minnesota gives me access to many different kinds of ABA clinics. I know that Jamie lives in a highly populated area with lots of strip malls filled with ABA options. I know that Tabs lives in Phoenix. Kimmy lives in Boston. Jen, you live in B.C., but we have plenty of people that are in the middle of goddamn Kentucky or Nebraska or here or there that don't have the access to 15 different options like we do, each of us. That means that when they sign up for ABA and jerk Jane comes to their house, they don't know any different. And if Jane has not had training since 1973, then Jane is probably not going to be the same as Celie's experience in a 2022 strip mall in an overpopulated area. So like ABA is different. Then the chemistry of our kids is different. And if Jack Holt Jane is having a bad day,
0: you know. Or Jane. Jane. <laughs> All the James Jane, I don't there. even know. We pick
2: one name and we just. <laughs> we just go. And I just say, I was just going to say about ABA too. I get that the passive ABA is not great. Yeah. And yep. the stories, I mean, I don't, I haven't had experience as a child with ABA, but the stories that you hear from people, that's awful. I wouldn't Dramatic. Want to it's traumatic. Yeah. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. put my child through that. Things change. Like I think in a lot of issues in our world, there's this like perception that people can't change. Things can't change. ABA today is very different than what it used to be. In most places. In most places. And that's what I was going to get to. Like, so yes, in my area, we had choices. Some had longer wait lists. We had to figure this out and that out, but we picked a place where it's like, we could do in home. We could do at the center. I can go in whenever I want. I'm, can have the therapist in my hand and I can see what's happening. And if I'm not okay with it, you're out the door. The type of ABA we have is very play-based. It's just a lot different than what I hear other people having or had. We have a friend that one time was telling us things that was happening in her home with ABA. And I'd be like, nope, that person will be out. I would mm-hmm. be done. I would rather not have the resource than have that. But at the same time when Jane, that's all you think that, that was a jack off chain. That was a jack off chain. And also like like I said before, we're told that diagnosis, we're going into this world that you have no clue about. Like still to this day, my mom, if I'm talking to her about this divide in the community, she's like, what are you talking about? Jesse, you're just as autistic. We do this and this, like before you're in this world, you have no clue, but Mm -hmm. a professional tells you, hey, there's this therapy that will help. You need to do that. This therapy that is when my area, the one thing that insurance will cover Mm-hmm. And otherwise you're going to have to do other therapies that you're paying $200 per a session for. For 15 minutes. Pocket. Yeah. You can't afford that. And so you're like, okay, we're going to do this. You just, this is what is covered by insurance. This is what helps. And it's changed a lot. And if it doesn't work for you, which it doesn't work for some people, then you don't do yeah. it. And there's I'll- other things you can try to do, or you try to do things on your own. It's just how it goes. It's just- I always said, it's like they, um,
0: Jamie and the new parents they prey on us like vultures because they know you don't know anything you go in blindly really and you just want to help your child mm-hmm. so you you hang on to anything these people say but it's the vultures that are coming at you do you have to weed your well way
1: and then there's that whole thing like Kim has talked about and like we've all dealt with where it's the absolute opposite of playing into it where you go in to the doctor with a friggin problem And then they say, that's just the autism. Like you, we have to live in this world. You have to like honk the horn, squeak the wheel and punch a jack off Jane every now and again. (laughs) We don't advocate for punching. I'm just-
0: yeah, this Same. is not the Oscars. Step it back. This is okay. not the
1: Oscars. The Oscars. <laughs> we <laughs> do, we do not recommend. We yeah. do not yeah. recommend. The lawyer on the <laughs> panel does not
0: recommend the assault. Most likely Anyhow, assault <laughs> outside of
1: the assault. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, the other thing I think this is a lot carries so much weight. Sorry, Kimiko.
4: We oh, sorry. I thought you were done. um the emotions that go along with this. Yes. I think that it's very difficult. And although it's most difficult for the individual, it also is difficult for the people around them who are trying to support them. It is difficult for the parents. It is difficult for the siblings. And I think that's okay to say. And I think it's okay to say when you struggle with the diagnosis, this is not something you're expecting. And not that there's anything wrong with being autistic, but is not really something that you are mentally prepared for going you know when you have a typically developing child for a year year and a half sometimes two years it is hard like i think and i think it's okay to be sad and it's okay to talk about that and that's another thing that people really get you know the just in a bunch about. criticized about and just really made belittled for it and this is a real part of you know, having a child with any diagnosis, I think um, you have to work through these stages and you need support for that. And you need kindness for that and understanding. You don't need people telling you that you're, you're not allowed to feel that way, or you're a horrible person because you feel that way, because we all love our children. I love my daughter more than life itself. Like no question. And anybody who's ever around me or sees me with her knows that for that's just a fact, but it doesn't mean that I don't get to have my emotions and my thoughts and my feelings about certain things. And, you know, I shouldn't be shamed for it. And I'm yeah. a strong enough person and a confident enough person that I don't care what you say or think, you know, I, <laughs> I own my stuff, <laughs> yeah. but not everybody's like that. You know, not wow. everybody's and like that. Maybe didn't people, even start like that. Yeah, some people I've earned some stripes in this life. So I think that's just another thing that people aren't sensitive about they may not understand maybe they're not a parent you know what it's like and
3: i i've been pretty open about i would say since my son was born i've struggled probably the most with my own mental health since becoming a mother and there's a variety of reasons because of that you know my son had a swift entrance into this world i had a lot of trauma i almost died you know there was a lot of like really significant trauma that happened in that circumstances and it has nothing to do with my children being autistic it has to do with the systems that we have to navigate it has to do with other people's views of my parenting of people talking to me about how i'm doing it i think my children are the most beautiful things on this planet and it i love every piece and part of them this parenting journey Is a lot more complicated than someone who has a neurotypical child in a lot of ways. And I mean, I can't speak to that because I don't have neurotypical children, but I've heard from my friends here at this table (laughs) that I mean it's just a lot more there's so many layers to it. There are just so many layers and facets and how much you're as Kim would say, you know, like there's little pieces of you that get chipped away in the process. And that's not because of our children. It's because of the systems that we're functioning in. It's because of this community that has a lot of opinions about what parents should do. I mean, it just is. And we have to keep ourselves in a place where we can still care for our children and keep our mental health in line and follow all these rules of the community at the same time while we're processing our own feelings about it. And I think it's absolute bullshit, in my opinion Mm -hmm. to not be able to talk about how you're feeling because how are you supposed to heal or move forward or learn anything new or grow as a person? If you can't talk about how you're feeling, I can't stop the train of feelings just like a light switch. They're there happening and whatever's making them happen I can't control that. And it's not because of who my children are, the reasons that I'm feeling those things. I think that's why people get upset about us having like grief and sadness and feelings about the autism diagnosis. It's not because of who the result is autism. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, and I think there are things like, first of all, when you're a parent, like, think of how many parenting books are in the world. Think of how many mom blogs there are and this and that, like, When you enter into this world, there's no parenting book on how to parent an autistic child. And it is different. Your Mm -hmm. life becomes something completely different. You are off the beaten path immediately. Your Mm -hmm. life becomes forms and therapies and figuring out this and that and saving up for your child's future because they may not ever be able to work or they might have to live with you or your child might never never be able to work. Yeah. 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 It completely altered my, I'm not working and I, my self-worth is messed up. Like I'm not working and I'm not providing for my family and we don't have as much money, but I also can't work because I want to be there for my child and do all these things. So it's all tied up. And for us moms to come out and be talking about our kids, we're doing that not only to explain how the world can be a better place for our children, but also because there's so many moms out there who can't find parenting books for them, who mm-hmm. can't find mom blogs for them that needs the nothing in common with the people that they yeah. see. And so mm-hmm. they find us. That's why I write. And that's what we do, what we do. And it's okay to voice that there's things that are good. And there's things that are bad because all parents do that. We yeah. shouldn't have to yes. pull our mouths shut because yes. our kids have autism. So All
0: parents I, we've already done the friendship series, but, you know, speaking of being able to talk about our children and the difference in our lives and those kind of things, I actually found a lot of things became a pissing contest between my friends and their neurotypical. It's like, okay, well, okay. Your kid's a picky eater. Like let, let's not debate. My kid actually doesn't eat. And it's people not understanding. I think the world we live in and Tabitha, you were talking about mental health Our beautiful friend, Kate wrote a book. This just spoke to me. Stepping off the path that every other child follows is crushing. And one of the hardest steps you will ever take as a special needs parent. And I cannot read that quote without it just hanging through my heart. That's just where the focus, you know, it just kind of, it all gets lost. You know, the focus gets lost.
3: And there's a hypervigilance. Like I just realized this when I was with my friend's uh, two-year-old son, As he was running around this baseball park, like my brain was literally going a hundred miles an hour. Um, Oh, there's the rocks. There's the, there's the parking lot. There's no fence around the parking lot. Oh, we have a hill over here. We're going to get hung up on the hill. We can't go past the fence. I'm not kidding you. It was running down the list. I did not have to think any of those things (laughs) because her son was fine. He stayed on the sidewalk. He climbed up on the rocks how quick my brain is calculating every freaking scenario and that hypervigilance is something that takes your brain to a place that is hard to come down from even at the end of the day that's adrenaline it's exhausting
1: we enter fight or flight our body's response to that is to send out the adrenaline or what adrenaline yeah you know it's like that it's like Yeah. yeah we're like surging Crazy monsters, because and we we're all living also in look- this
0: world that is risk. Like we've also aged. I mean, it's a fact. I mean, yeah. um I,
4: my I, oh, I am
0: talking when I'm looking at myself. But I think that you know, Kaya's dad said the other day, "What the hell happened to you?" Not not my physical looks, but just my attitude towards everything. And I, as Rachel would say, I wanted to throw punch him. I mean, what do you mean? What's happened to me? I, I mean this life happened to me yeah Yeah. I wish she had a a clue you know it's and it it's emotional and and Tabitha like planning for my daughter will live with me until I take my last breath and I want to be clear I am okay with that but I've written about it I'm not planning on buying her her car when she turns 16 Mm -hmm. and I'm not saving for her her education I am saving money for when I am gone so my daughter is not abused in a group home that's the hard facts of this life that we live. That is the reality. So rather than arguing about whether she's autistic or has autism, let's talk about these group homes where our children have no choice but to go into Great. and we're gone. Yes. Let's fight that battle. Let's fight the the that adult battle. services battle. And yes, the, the adult else. services battle.
1: I just wish that the passion within this community could roll into one force. I wish that let's make change.
3: Let's make I really change. do yeah. I
1: like I pledge to learning lifelong learning with autism with you guys, with this community, but I am so tired of trying to filter. I'm, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I don't really, <laughs> I'm the, I'm the, <laughs> yeah. you whistle. That's me. I have no time for that. I'm trying to keep my kid alive. I'm yeah. trying to stay vertical. I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to not bite back tired last week when I picked up Celie from, um, respite. She's usually pretty like tightly wound. And so we're in the car and I said that we could do, you know, a wind down, relax at home, lots of swing time. We could go into your space tent or we could do one adventure and run into Target, pick up a few things that we need and then go home. Which would you like to do? And she picked Target and Target was fine. We did the Caroline's cart. We got through the store. We get up to the front and it's like Black Friday up there. It's like Black Friday lines, like... So I picked the line with the cop in it because yes, I did. And then I pull my little car up. We're standing six feet behind him. I'm trying to do the Sealy jig so that she can stay entertained. She gets pretty dysregulated. It goes awry. She was in Caroline's cart. So she had like these arm holders that she could like, you know, whatever. She had some good leverage. And she kicked me in the shoulder and I went down like a turtle on a shell and was a little bit stuck there because my pants are size 18 and I got a little stuck on the floor. I'm just saying that's what happened. And as I'm getting up, she's racing around me in a manic laughter. Then she starts screaming, toys, toys, which listen, there's a lot of things I wish my kid would scream something that would allow the community around us that hears the screams to know that she's struggling in a real way. Not that she's a brat that wants some toys, but whatever. I can't choose the screen. So she is making her loop around cop. Who's buying one box of cereal, like a stress-free kind of bachelor man, this cereal box turns around. He sets it down and goes, you need to listen to your mother. And he got the right hook slap as she raced and laughed and raced and laughed. And she ran to the back of the store and I took off after her. And when I got back to my cart, there's like a thing from the cop who has a canine unit and his dog, like a little bumper sticker or a baseball card of this cop and his dog. Some lady had pushed my cart aside, but like I'm, we're in full flight or flight crisis. Everybody thinks my kid is a brat that wants to go to the toy section that like, I'm using this Caroline cart because my kid's a brat. Like, people don't understand. It's not 97 when Kim is in Target and people don't know the word autism. It's 2022 and girls that talk don't have autism.
3: Mm.
1: Like, what? But like, it. we just all need to unite. All the power. Let's come all together, power. people. Yeah. To go towards who your kid is, and that it is autism, and that it's hard for some and fun for others. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, it all just needs to be worked together.
3: It's so zigzagging, done filtering. I do want to say that I love you, Jen Dunn and Rachel Flanagan, plus the rest of you ladies. Kim and Jamie as well. Wow! <laughs> but that was mainly in response to the crying, not just the, just let me say it I'm again. Just kidding! I'm just kidding! <laughs> I love you all so much. And this conversation, I do agree one thousand percent that if we join forces as a united community, we could storm the freaking legislator and capital and make change for everyone. Not but in we- an
1: insurrection kind of way, but in a make change sort of way
3: in a writing of laws kind of way where
4: there people it is. submit in dollars i think to... i think it's just what's really hard is it's just not one size fits all you know i think that's what we have yeah. to understand and we have to agree to disagree sometimes we have to respect okay other people's thoughts and opinions yeah and preferences
3: yeah yeah and if you want to have a conversation with me about your side of the fence if we don't land on the same one. I am a hundred percent open to that.
4: Yeah, you would to come on the podcast and talk about it. We would yeah. love to have you.
3: Come on it, come on over. More mm-hmm. than
4: anything
1: else, I think that most of us are willing to learn and, and yeah. adjust our sales according to that. And none of us want to offend anybody, but I'm so tired of trying to make sure that I don't filter. We're trying the ago. best we
3: can and we only know what we know. I mean, like I said, two years ago I had blue hair. So that was the beginning of our autism journey. And we only know what we know at the time that we know it. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to teach me something new, let's let's have a conversation about it.
1: We want okay. to thank everybody. We hope that if we ruffled any feathers tonight that you understand that we're just trying to talk about the whole thing. If we validated you in any way, we want you to know that we're here for you. If you want to argue with us, Colorado's coming next <laughs> is another series that we are just dying to tell you about. Have a
2: great night. Bye. Bye! Thank you for joining us at the table for our 10th series all about autism. Stay tuned for more and while you wait, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Individually, you can find Kimberly McIsaac at Autism with Autism Adventures with Alyssa autismadventureswithalissa on Facebook and on Instagram. Jamie Ramos at JamieRamosWrites.com, Jamie Ramos Writes on Facebook and Instagram. Tabitha Cabrera, you can find at peaceofautism.com, pieceofautism on Facebook and Instagram. Jennifer Dunn, you can find at keepingupwithkaya.com, keepingupwithkaya on Facebook and on Instagram. For Rachel Flanagan, you can find her at flannaville.com, flannaville on Facebook and flannaville3 on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us at the table. We love having you. If you enjoyed the podcast, please remember to follow or subscribe. We can't wait to sit with you again. We'll see you soon. Bye.